Hi, and welcome to Making Our Way podcast, where we take a deep dive into the projects and creative process of our fellow makers. I'm Austin from High Caliber Craftsman, and I'm excited to join you for this episode with Dean Duplantis and Christy from Twisted Twine Woodworking. Hey guys, good to see you this week. Hey, Austin. Hey, hey. What's been going on there, Christy? Oh man, thankfully we've made great progress in the great unboxing, and now it is time to start making some stuff. And power carving is where it's at because, hey, all I need is my jaw horse, you know, something to carve, my angle grinder, boom, I'm there. So, um, so yeah. Any idea what you want to carve? Well, um, my, uh, the sellers who sold us this house, they uh, left a bunch of chunks of walnut in uh, logs and chunks of walnut. Um, in the backyard. So I'm going to start, uh, I'm going to start experimenting with, I don't know, maybe some bowls, um, Ooh. trays, just kind of see what I can do, but Hey, I'm on, I'm on uh, free material. So to win, you know, win. After last week's podcast, everywhere I drive and I see like down trees and down limbs. And I just think about, you know, what doc Brown said, like, man, I need to stop and pick that up and let it dry yeah. and put it on the side of the house. I do need to get more into carving, but that's awesome. Yeah. Yep. I'm excited. So Dean, what have you been up to lately? You know, I, I had that bar I finished and I've never really posted pictures of it because it's not finished. I didn't do the, the molding. I was really struggling with the crown molding and the angles and it was upsetting me. And finally last weekend, I just said, you're getting this done. You have to get this done so you can show this thing off. So I spent some, some days and I took my time but I got the crown molding in and it looks great. And I went ahead, I had to do the trim molding around the bottom. And then there were a few other pieces of uh, just decorative trim that I wanted to add. And now I'm thinking I should take the whole thing apart and change some stuff, but I'll let it lay for a little while as is. Uh, the hardest part was actually, there's not a, there's a little extra space between the top of the cabinets and the ceiling. And I'm trying to put this crown molding in. And so there's some areas that really don't have the support I wish they had. So the caulking and painting was interesting to make sure it all blends in well. But it's been a great project. I'm so happy with it. It was such a wasted space in our house. And now it has something that I'm really proud of in that area. That's good that you went ahead and, you know, powered through it and finished. Cause I have a bad habit of leaving my projects like 95% finished. And I'm like, yeah, ah, it's good enough, you know, until you're ready to sell. Well, like I was saying when Christy was moving, that, that's what happens. You, yeah, you yep. have all these half done projects and then you move and all of a sudden you find the time to finish that banister and patch that hole and finally paint that wall. Uh, I usually wait till Kristen will go out of town for something and, uh, you know, go visit some friends or something and I'll just cut a hole in something. And then I'm like, <laughs> all right, now here's a new project that I have to finish. And it that stays a hole for six months, a year. And then I finally get around to finishing. Yeah. I've got a ton of projects that I was just working on, like the flooring that I did a few, you know, a month ago or whatever. And I'm, I'm still haven't put the thresholds in and, so with the with the maker meetup, the Mozzie meetup at my place coming up, my wife put the extra heat. She's like, "That's cool, but you better have all these projects finished before everybody comes over here." I'm like, absolutely, well, yeah, that should be yeah, no problem. I guess craftsman, <laughs> get that shit done. So the other thing, you know, it's funny. Here's one: I loved making those belts a few weeks ago, and I made one, and then I made the other one right after, and I was so excited. I went and I bought more material, and I was going to do a black belt, and it's just sitting on my table. I have not touched it yet. Uh, I I do that a lot. Like I'll start something and when the steam leaves or, you know, I get distracted squirrel and I go and do whatever the next project is. Cause there's another one I would really like to get into is I, um, a better miter saw bench. I really don't use my miter saw a lot. And a lot of it has to do with the table saw 
does everything I needed to with my sled. A table saw sled is awesome and makes a table saw that much more versatile. But I also think I don't use the miter saw because I don't have good dust collection and I don't have a good work area. So I really probably need to improve that. Man, I tell you what, you know, I bought that DeWalt uh, pop-up miter saw station. Yeah. The, the, like the stand. And at first I was kind of skeptical of it, but the more that I've been using it, like it's because I don't like using a miter saw in my shop. It's just way too dirty. That makes, it makes it so easy for me to just roll it out in the driveway and cut something and roll it right back in that it's made me start using my miter saw much more frequently. So. See, and mine is uh, completely cordless. They don't even, I have the Makita that uses the two 18 volt batteries. They don't even make a corded adapter for that saw. It's just oh, always wow. cordless. And I like it. The main thing I, the main reason I bought it was it has the forward rails. So the, the slide action is yep. forward. So you don't lose the space behind the saw and thinking in my workshop, I didn't want to sacrifice the space behind for those rails. So it was this or the Bosch and I was already in that battery ecosystem. So I went with the saw and, and I like it a lot, but being cordless does not mean it's not heavy and to carry yeah. it outside is a burden. It, I have to, I have to need to make at least five or six cuts before I'm willing to lug that thing outside. Otherwise I just use the table saw slip. Yeah. This yeah. this having the stand with the ability to move it outside has made me safer because I'm not trying sketchy cuts on like, <laughs> you know, on the, with a handheld circular saw, like I can probably do this. <laughs> and then I'm like, we've got way too small of a piece I'm trying to cut. So it's, it's definitely, it's a worthwhile investment. Speaking of sketchy stuff you've done, what about these Oak shelves? Oh yeah. So this week I took some uh, auction find a rough cut Oak that I got maybe a year ago. And I'm playing it down on the uh, new planer that I got a couple of weeks ago. The man gets a planer yeah. and he turns into a woodworker. Instant. I know. Yeah, man. It works. Dude, I'm telling you, that thing works good. And, Except uh, for it wasn't on sale. Yeah. Bastards. <laughs> Sorry to rub that on, in on you there. I know. I missed the cutoff by like two days. And Not to derail you, but speaking of missing the cutoff and the FOMO or what, Prime Day was a few weeks ago, and I kept looking at those DJI drones, and I do not need one. I have no need for one. But in my mind, I keep picturing these epic YouTube video shots where I'm outside and this drone is circling me as I'm doing whatever. And I put it in my cart, and then I'm like, you don't even make YouTube videos, so how can you use this shot? And I take it out <laughs> my cart. I'm like, but maybe you would make YouTube videos if you had this awesome drone footage. And I put it back in my cart, and I'm like, but you already have a gimbal from them that you never use for anything. So I take it out my cart. And I did that for two days and Prime Day was Monday, Tuesday. And then finally on Wednesday, I was like, screw it. I'm buying it. And it was a hundred dollars more. So you would have saved a hundred dollars if I'd have bought it. And I know what it was. It was, it was $3.99 on sale on Prime Day. And if it was $2.99, I wouldn't have thought anything. I'd have just bought it. And if it sits in a drawer, it sits in a drawer. But $3.99 was enough that I'm going, man, that would have been this or that or other things I could have got. But $4.99 is no chance. There's no way I'm buying yeah. it for that price. I just wouldn't use it enough. I know I wouldn't. Or one of these dogs would take it out the air and it would be, you know, last 15 minutes. So I decided to back away, but I'm sorry. She were talking about the uh, oak shelves. Right. So I planed them down and uh, got them, you know, looking good. And because when you get auction wood, that's, you know, not great. And it's, it was rough cut. So it was rough cut with a big old school sawmill. It's not like a, a band sawmill. And, um, so it looks terrible. And then you run it through the planer and it's like, man, it looks like you just got it from Home Depot or whatever. Well, right. it actually looked better than what you could get from yeah. Home Depot because it wasn't so twisted. But uh, 
but yeah, so I, I made these shelves to carry. I don't know if you guys ever saw uh, at another auction, I got all these old cobbler um, tools where they, they use them to cut out the soles of the boots and all kinds of stuff. So you can cut super thick leather. So it's called a five in one. Um, it's called a Landis five in one. So you is can, it like a like, press or is it? It's like a hand crank Tempor- with oh. a with a, a arm that comes out, and you can you can thin leather in it. You can trim with a blade on the very end. So you There's can like cut five, straps in that and stuff. Um, yeah, that's not really what it, it's made to cut like round shapes, you know. Okay, hmm. yeah. Um, but you, it has like a skiver that thins out the edges of the boot leather and stuff. So I got the guy was a professional shoemaker for. 40 or 50 years. So wow. I got his sewing machine, uh, the Adler sewing machine. And then I got yeah, I remember two, that now. A, one of them's a three in one Landis. And then the other one's a five in one Landis. So I'll, I'll send you guys a picture later so you can see what it is, but I actually don't know it. So it's five in one, but I can't remember what the other, so it's, there's five uses, but I can't remember. So they need to be like pretty much cleaned up and restored. But for now I just wanted them off because they've been sitting on the, you know, you guys know what I do with tools. Like I buy them and I stick them in the corner and then I wait to like trip over them enough times. I'm like, okay, I got to do something with this thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. as I've been pulling, so then I bought a planer. Now the planer's in my shop. So as things get crowded, I have to go to the walls. I have to get stuff on the ceiling or get stuff on the walls. So I made these shelves to, uh, to carry all my new or old leatherworking tools. What kind of brackets did you do? I, <laughs> so at another auction for this woodworking shop, I bought all work? these. When do you work? Because you're Listen, always buying off Facebook Marketplace or auctions. My wife listens to this. I work 24 hours a day. <laughs> right. No, I play all day, guys. <laughs> this is what I do. I, I am the American dream. Play all day <laughs> and do whatever the hell you want. Hey, I'm, I'm so, not going to say this is not coming from a place of jealousy. Yeah. <laughs> so I bought like this massive lot and it had... I don't even remember how many uh, drawer slides, like, like insane because oh, yeah. they were of a cabinet shop. So, and they're like super high quality. So I have had them sitting in a bin for two years in my Connex box. Well, I also at the bottom of the stack of those things was all of these um, metal like hanger brackets. So I just use those, you know, this, they're not cool or fancy or anything. Like if I was going to do it myself, I would have blacksmith some or something cool, but you know, did you treat the wood at all or you just, Put it on the brackets and threw it up. So I, I was going to coat them with Odie's because I just got a ton of that stuff, you know, and um, I love the way it smells, but I'm worried in my, like the dust would stick to the oil and not only that, um, you know, once it dried, but I'm trying to get it done today. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Naturally. so instead I just did a clear spray. Like a, I was going to say it doesn't dry. It dries smooth to the touch, but it, it would take a day. I mean, tomorrow, um, but yeah, the last step you're, you buff it smooth. And it'd be fine after that. Hey, looks like the guest showed up. How's it going? Oh, hey. So today we're joined by Della Meredith, the chainsaw carver. And I came across Della. She was on Texas Bucket List, which is a show they put on here that really highlights some unique things around Texas. And Della was carving a freaking tree with a chainsaw. And instantly I was like, holy smokes, this is amazing. And so when we were kicking around guests, uh, I said, Austin, we, we need somebody different, something unique. I'm tired of, we can't just keep going, you know, woodworker, woodworker, with something. And he goes, well, what do you have? I was like, what about a badass that carves trees with a chainsaw? 
And so he was excited. So that's how we got Della on. So Della, thanks for coming on. Um, you want to take a second to just maybe tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, my name is Della Meredith. I'm a professional artist, a painter, and I just got into wood carving like seven years ago. Uh, but I've always been an artist. I graduated from Sam Houston State University in 2003. I, I taught art for eight years. And then uh, I kind of retired from teaching and started my own business as a mural artist and then just living out by the coast, it evolved into like tiki carving, you know, there's a lot of ends and all that. So that's how that came about. Absolutely. And uh, Sam Houston, for those of y'all that don't know, D2 national champs in football and Della, you know, that was one thing I, that I think it was a hurricane tree that I saw you carve. And so I kind of wanted to ask, you know, the medium, do you prefer tree stumps that are kind of in place or do you like big chunks of wood that you can move around and bring back to your, your shop? What, what do you kind of prefer as a medium for chainsaw art? Well, lately I've been doing a lot of tree carvings and I, I feel like that's, um, that's kind of where my business is heading more towards. I've been doing a lot of little smaller stuff and just, you know, different unique projects, like a lot of fishing things yeah. projects out by the coast so but um oh, like i've been out to louisiana a lot because of the recent hurricanes there's so much storm damage that there's just so many trees that are you know broken and people are just trying to like you know give a new life to the tree instead of just taking it down so i've been i go out there probably like twice three times a month that's awesome and so a hurricane damage tree in south louisiana I, I saw one you did, it was a magnolia tree and you carved like a little cabin on it. And then you still captured the magnolia branches in the carving. Um, how does that design work? Like whenever you sit down with a client, did they tell you what they wanted or do, is it a back and forth kind of discussion? Um, she wanted a cottage. Um, I think I, I can't remember but she wanted to have the magnolia theme too. They, I mean, they were really sad about that tree. It actually fell over and the roots were out and they, they had to take a crane and lift it back up. And, and then they had to cut it down because it was dead. But she wanted to, I mean, it's, it was so old. I mean, it was five feet wide. Yeah, it's gigantic. It was, I couldn't believe it whenever I got there. Because it's in Louisiana, so you can see a picture, but you really don't know how big it is until you get there. And I was, it was pretty overwhelming. But, um, and it wasn't topped off all the way either. It was like, I mean, it, the tree guy came out and what had happened was they, they couldn't finish topping it off. Like, there's a lot of trees like that out there that they'll, the uh, tree people, the tree companies will come out and they just can't finish cutting them down. There's been two. Oh, wow. Like they're just, Are they just too big or? One of them, that one was, I, I don't know what the problem was, but they didn't finish. Um, yeah. The second one that I came across was a, it was nine feet wide and it had, they, they left in the middle of the night. They couldn't finish cutting it. They just left. But whenever I started carving it, there was a uh, metal beams through it. Um, there was chains in it. There was wires. So I think wow. they metal. Well, I tell you what, we could spend a lot of time just going through your portfolio. And I think that might be a better place to end. Why don't we get to what everybody wants to hear, the chainsaws. So okay. you, you have a preferred brand of chainsaw, is that right? I really, I 
like all chainsaws. There's some that I don't really prefer. Like I like the, you know, better quality ones. Um, but I mean, I like Husqvarna, Steel, Echo. Those are my three top three, but you know, I like, I mean, I just like chainsaws. So I'm not going to, Hey, I'm with you. I like everything with motors as well. Yeah. So when you go to a job, like one of these trees that you haven't seen yet, how many chainsaws do you bring with you? Well, I, I've been getting the diameter. So if it's a bigger one, I bring like, I have two big saws. They're like 30, I think they're like three feet bars on them. I'll bring, Mm -hmm. you know, bigger to smaller saws depending on the size of the tree. And then do the saws have anything special about them that lend themselves to carving versus just cutting? I have one saw that I just purchased. It's a steel saw. Um, I don't remember the model name off the top of my head. I have to look at it, but it has, um, it's been modified with a different sprocket and then it has like a a carving bar on it and Mm -hmm. then those for it, but it's just a, a little tree saw like that you would climb up and cut limbs, you know, if you ever had a tree company. And then obviously you get to a point where you're beyond chainsaw and you go to finer detail. What are the other tools of the trade? What are the other tools you bring with you? You have to have a grinder and then a Dremel. And so chainsaw, grinder, Dremel. I mean, people are using a lot of different stuff, but those are the ones that I'm using. I've tried like a pencil, pencil grinder, I guess. Um, I just like the smaller one. So on the grinder, that's an angle grinder or a die grinder? Uh, angle grinder, I guess. Yeah, the normal. Yeah, I'm with you. And mm-hmm. then, um, so the chainsaws are gasoline, I assume. Yes. Is the grinder uh, cordless or are you getting power from somewhere for those? I'm power. I mean, it's it's not cordless. I don't like cordless because the batteries run out. Yeah. And yeah. For so long that it's just frustrating. I'm with you. So what's your brand of grinder? I have DeWalt. I actually like those a lot. I have used some different ones, but those are my favorite. How long does it usually take? Like, um, I think there was a mermaid, that type, uh, where there's quite a bit of detail on it. And it's looked like it was four, maybe even five feet tall. What's the normal time frame to, to, to cut one? Well, if it's something that is that I can get to without having to put a scaffold up, then I can usually finish it pretty fast. But what it takes a lot of time is um, getting up on that second level and moving the scaffolding around. And, um, you know, sometimes the ground, like you can't tell from pictures whenever you get to the job site, sometimes the ground is unlevel and it is very like, it's hard. And um, yeah, it just has to do with like what the space you're provided to actually move around and be able to work. I can go pretty fast. I can finish them in a day, two days. It just depends, but I work, I'll get there 7 a.m. and I'll work all the way till the sun goes down. I mean, I like to try to put in as much work as I can in one day. Speaking of scaffolding, so like, is your, is your normal height, like, like shoulder high or can you, what's your normal range before you need to put a scaffolding up? Like four to five feet. I'm only five feet tall. So my scaffolding is in six foot sections. So, and it's hard to put together by yourself. So (laughs) I would think any of this is going to be hard to do by yourself, but man, (laughs) it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Thanks. I'm right there with you. We were, I'm only five, five on a good day. And we had a previous episode where we talked about fitness in the, in the shop and everything. And I talked about 
I always knew I was getting out of shape when I would try to hold a drill above my head and I would get fatigued. And I can't imagine holding something that has so much vibration and, and just, you know, tough to handle. I mean, there's instant feedback as you're carving. Do you find um, fitness plays a big part in what you're doing out there? Absolutely. And that, I mean, it's a very like physical job. You're climbing scaffolds and you're not, I mean, you're taking like heavy chainsaws up the scaffold with you and your gas sometimes. I mean, I've been leaving my gas on the ground, but I used to carry it up there. Like you have to just back, I mean, when you move it, you have to take everything down. So I, that's why I started um, working out again was I was like, you know, this job is so physical. I have to be in really good shape to do it. And it's like a huge difference. I did have one more thing I wanted to ask on the the grinder. What kind of disc or whatever do you use on the grinder when you're carving? Really, you have to be really specific with what you get because they're dangerous. And the, I used to use the ones that were real flat and um, just a high grit. And I mean, I have scars all over from them. And so I I got a different kind and I'd have to look it up. I mean, I, I don't know exactly what they're called. I guess a flap disc. Yeah, so but you went from like a cutting disc to a flapper disc. It's thicker and it's yeah. rounded. Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah. So a grinding uh, disc. This is your job. You do chainsaw carving and cutting as your daily job. Yes, full time work. It's like I'm having to turn stuff down right now. That's fantastic. I mean, that's so cool. Yeah. It is cool. It was something when I was looking at. I was telling my wife, this is one of those things that I, I'm like, I have no idea where we would put this, but you have to have it. Like you see the the tiki stuff, especially. Um, the tiki stuff, the totem poles, and then you did a dog recently. And I love, I don't know if you can see her pacing around behind me, but we're definitely a dog house. And, um, I think you, you carved a stump into a dog. I don't know if that was at a, uh, at somebody's house or a property or something. It was at their property. Um, and they have a lot of labs. They love Mm -hmm. them. So they had that tree that actually the electric company was trying to cut it down and they're like, no, leave some of it. We want to carve it. That's awesome. It's like, yeah, yeah preservation society. Yeah. Um, so another thing that hit me was when I first was just looking at your stuff, I was like, wow, she must also have someone that comes in and paints. But then when I started to read some more of your background, you are an artist of all fashion. So you are cutting these and painting them. Is that correct? Well, I have been for a long time. And then... I just now started hiring my daughter. She's uh, 19 years old. She's mm-hmm. a real artist. So she's been, I've been paying her to paint and she's been doing awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Something y'all can do together. Yeah. And it's something, I mean, it's just really helping out as far as time to get a lot of stuff turned out fast. So is there anything special with that paint? I mean, is it just exterior paint and, and that's all you need? Um, okay. So exterior like crafts paints. Uh, those actually work really well and I've tested those out and the best place is like Galveston with all the salty air stuff. Mm-hmm. I've I mean, looked back at projects that I've done that I, and I've used the same acrylic paints and the stuff is still fine. Spray paints are terrible. Um, they don't last. And then um, the best thing actually is like a, a actual, like a full color stain. Mm-hmm. Like the, that's actually what they're painting the houses with in Tiki Island. Because the air, the salty air is just yeah. hard. I know I have some friends with a, a beach house down there and it's like, no matter what you put out there, the salt water is going to get to it. 
nothing yeah. lasts. So that's cool. The other thing I, I noticed, you get this really good, like glossy finish on a lot of these pieces. What are you using for that? It's a um, exterior polyurethane minwax with um, it has like a sun and rain protection in it. It's only they they only sell it at Lowe's now and like Walmart. So on your like your uh, project here with the mermaid from May, I mean she looks like she's what eight ten feet tall. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, how much of the planning of the design and the cutting do you do in advance and how much of it is you're kind of just seeing how it flows as you go? I just use my imagination. <laughs> That's what I do. Great answer. I mean, you just have to like get to the point where you know something so well that you don't have to like you might look at a couple of references, but you, you don't, you can't hold a reference up in front of your face the whole time you're chainsaw carving. Like you just have to have it in your mind, what you're going to do. That's fantastic. Does the wood type matter? I mean, do you prefer a cedar or it's whatever the dead tree is? That's what it is. Um, some woods are a lot harder than other woods. So like when I went to Louisiana and that really big tree and um, with all the metal, it was a post oak. Mm. So that, really scary (laughs) like it was it really like kicked my butt really that first day because I just the wood is so hard but you know and that magnolia tree was the wood was kind of hard but it wasn't as bad as the other one but um you know like the pine tree that was soft and so you obviously you you go in you're like oh thank goodness (laughs) but like if it's a harder tree you just have to like you know get to work so the the jj watt one that kind of put you on the map. What kind of wood was that? That was cypress. Cyp- oh, that's right. It was a sinker cypress. That's right. And so mm-hmm. that, that whole statue, I mean, do you have to, have to attach extra wood or glue extra wood on or attach any other limbs or it's you work with yeah. what's there? Yeah. I attached the arms on that one because it's hard to find logs. I mean, it's not hard to find logs that are that wide, but that are, you're able to move around, you know? Yeah. And JJ yep. Watt's a wide guy. I get it. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's a cool one. I was curious about that because you've got the arm doing the salute that he's famous for. It's like, that's got to be another piece of wood. Cool. Oh, that is actually, um, that one is one solid piece. There's oh, that two. One, is. one, his arms are, I did attach the arms on the first one, but that one is, um, it's one piece. I saw you did a, um, it looks like a, a tiki totem for LaBerge Casino. Is that, do you get a lot of commercial uh, commissions like that? Or is it typically people at their houses? Um, no, it's a mix of both. Mix that of was both? ones. That was really fun. I really enjoyed that. They're a really good place. Um, you know, as far as how they treat people and, you know, they, they're just real classy, I guess. <laughs> like, you know, they made sure I had, you know, um, a room and food and just checked on me. And They were good at the hospitality. They pay you in a casino chips or they give you a check? They gave me a check. And <laughs> that was cool. It was actually really cool. I just saw the, yeah, that was 2016. So that was a while back. I'm glad uh, that wasn't too taxing to, to remember. Um, do you have a, a piece or two that just stands out that you were just so excited whenever you finished it? Um, I've done so much stuff. I don't know. I like, um, 
That's a, let me think. You mean like what I liked best? I I know it, it's silly, but I like making the Sasquatch. You're not the first guest. You know, so we've had your episode 13 and you're the second one that's brought up Sasquatch. So what was it about that piece that uh, you, you enjoyed? I don't know. <laughs> just like, I just liked it. Like it had its own little personality. It was weird. Like, I you think know it's, what, I'm sorry. I was going to say, you know, it's no, never apologize to me. Uh, I think what's nice about stuff like that is, and a lot of the stuff that you're, you're doing is, what does Sasquatch look like? You know, there's no, nobody can come and go, oh, oh, but you didn't really capture the essence of his hair because he's not real or I haven't seen him. I'm not saying he's not real. I'm just saying I haven't seen him. So it really gives the artist in you some creativity leeway. Um, and a lot of your stuff, you know, it's, you have great stuff that allows some of that creativity leeway. I see a parrot here with a, you know, bushel of bananas on its head. And um, <laughs> you've got lots of different animals, lots of animals, um, pelicans. I'm trying to find that Sasquatch. How long ago was that? I don't know. It's been a while. I made a few of them, but um, they're, I don't know. They're just, they're cool. Nothing wrong with that. Sometimes I wish I could keep this. <laughs> Isn't that the hardest when you make something that you really like and you know you don't get to take it home with you? I just feel like a connection sometimes. I'm like, oh, I love this. No, okay. <laughs> I did want to ask you about your protective gear because I know you've mentioned that you, you wear all this stuff. What kind of protective gear do you wear when you're using the chainsaw? I wear safety goggles, um, ear protection, like, you know, they're like headphones. They're bigger, like not just like the little tiny ones you put in your ear and chaps. And then I've been wearing long sleeves and like a lot of sunblock because I'm out in the sun. I don't know. Are you there? I just bought a bunch of long sleeve t-shirts because I'm like, it's already hot and it's only going to get hotter. And when I'm out here, I'll do... Most of my stuff in the shop, but some stuff I have to do outside because it's just too much sawdust. And I'm like, I have to wear long sleeves or I'm going to be in a bad way, you know? Yeah. What about this little cart? I've seen in a few of your deals. It's like a, I don't know if it's hydraulic or pneumatic or you've got some kind of scissor lift cart. It's just a little cart from Harbor Freight, actually. And it, it's just like a little jack. It's, it's hydraulic and it actually broke. And then um, some guys <laughs> modified it with like a little little chainsaw handle. So it's, it's awesome. It's heavy, but it sounds awesome. And it looks like it helps you really get things where it's easier to work on. Oh yeah. I have to have that. On the uh, deer mount that you have just within the last couple of days ago, you posted, are those antlers carved as well? Or did, um, or were they antlers off a real deer put on a, a wooden I have a collection of antlers I've been collecting, you know, because <laughs> I can carve them out, but it's, it just looks better if you put them on there and it's, they're sturdier and they're balanced. And, um, if you carve them out, it's just like a stick, you know, you can break a stick really easy. Mm -hmm. So once you get the wood really thin like that, it's just so fragile. That's cool. I bet a lot of hunters like that because all their friends have, you know, the regular trophy mounts on the wall, none of them have wood carving uh, bust with the antlers on them. That is pretty neat. I can I like that one a lot. I was happy with it. I'm going to have to get you to carve me. I always wanted a, um, a stuffed bear right when I walk in the door with its arms out. So I could throw my coat and hang my bag off the arms. But the uh, reality is I can't bring myself to 
to kill a bear for something like that. So maybe oh, yeah. a, a wood carved bear might be the way to go. Or I could do a Sasquatch, a wood carved Sasquatch, <laughs> holding my bag every morning, freaking my dogs out. Um, so with the with the totem poles, you look like you've got a variety of of them. Are those um, normal? Is that normally like restaurants and bars that and have those request those, or are folks having them at their house, or what? What's your normal uh, client for that? It's a mix of both, really, and um, I I really love making those. That's probably my favorite thing to make, just tiki's. Like hopefully one day I can retire and just make tiki's by the beach in Hawaii. My dream. Do they usually give you like a specific look that you that they want them to be, or do, is it normally kind of like your discretion as to how you have it, um, how you have it designed? Well, um, sometimes the people will send me a picture, and you know I'll just kind of use that as inspiration, but I'm not going to copy it, but. You know, I mean, they're art, so I like for them to, I kind of like, you know, lead in that direction to, you know, hey, you know, let me do whatever I want. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like I don't, they're just faces and that's part of the fun of it and the art of it. And if you, you know, if they're like, I want it exactly like this, then they're going to take out that, that certain part of it that makes it so good. Have you ever got any you know, feedback or run in or or something come up later on from an HOA or a neighborhood group that didn't like somebody having a big piece of art in their front yard? Um, we, I deal with the HOA and well, my customers do they, and, um, we just kind of, one guy I had in Kingwood, he didn't ask the HOA, but he just went ahead and was like, carve this real quick. (laughs) And so I did and (laughs) they liked it. And then there was another one recently where the HOA didn't approve the design. So the guy was pretty mad about that. So, but you know, that's what oh, you but get. You didn't carve it yet. You, he no. wants to get approval. Okay. Ooh, that was. Well, uh, first, but the, the one guy just kind of snuck it in there and, and they liked it. That's awesome. I'd love to get my, one of my coworkers, one of these tiki's for his place in Galveston. And I'm going, I wonder if the HOA would say something or how do you sneak that down there? But if it's in his backyard, they can't really say nothing there. Right. All the more reason to set up a, a nice uh, tiki bar with yeah, little lights tiki and the pergola. whole nine yards. Get the whole ambiance going on. Nobody's going to say anything negative about that. No. <laughs> yeah, I find the ones that, well, they're all impressive. But um, the ones where it's like a partial tree where like some of the tree has been either for a hurricane or a storm. And so there's like an odd angle and you turn it into like the angels or, or, you know, or some of these other just, just really beautiful pieces taking the characteristics of the original um, piece, but just, you know, just bringing the beauty out of, of them. It's just, it's just really, really nice. Yeah. I pray a lot. And, you know, before I start and, you know, you can't, I just feel like God's helping me. Because I can't, like, I mean, Jesus was a carpenter, so mm-hmm. <laughs> he just helped. Because <laughs> I, like, I don't think I could do it by myself. Well, you're doing it, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so if somebody was interested in getting a piece from you, how would they get in contact or, or what's the best way to reach out? Well, I have my website is chainsawdella.com. My Facebook uh, carving page is Della Meredith Chainsaw Carvings. And then I have my business phone number is 
2163. That's pretty good. That's just fantastic. And then you can find her on Instagram at Della June. Or yes. is that a personal page? I don't know. No, I'm, I just post like whatever on there. It's a little bit more than just my carvings, but go check out cool. Della's Instagram and her Facebook, check out some of these amazing pieces of art. And if you're in uh, the Southeast Texas, Louisiana uh, purchasing area, or you want to drive down here, visit me and pick up a, uh, a chainsaw carved black bear or a parrot, uh, reach out to Della ahead of time. Uh, Della, thank you so much for giving us some time tonight. And I hope you have a great rest of your evening. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. So guys, I had to do a lot of driving for work the last two weeks. And to pass the time, I went ahead and listened to all of our episodes two or three more times. You know, try to get that (laughs) listener count up. That's right. Bump it. Man, you're dedicated. One of the themes that I caught was several of them. We talked about unusual you know, maybe household items that we brought out to the shop and made a tool use out of them. You know, we had Bob with the pantyhose. I know Austin had said he had done that before. And then when the Whitehall pottery, she talked about every time she was in someone's kitchen, she's looking in the drawers for what can shape cabinets. And it just seemed to be a theme that kept coming up. So I thought it might be something interesting for us to talk about. What are some non-traditional items that have found their way out into the shop? Um, Christy, do you want to go first? Yeah, the uh, the biggest, most noticeable um, item in my shop is actually a central vac for a house. And uh, Marvin was doing a remodel project. And I think one of the other guys had mentioned it to him saying, hey, we're going to pull this central vac. Does Christy want it for desk collection? So, so we, uh, we piped it all over um, my shop and it works great. Now, we, now with the new shop, I will do, handle certain things different because certain tools are just not set up for a certain type of dust collection or they need a more dedicated dust collection. So that'll be a little bit of a difference. But uh, but yeah, traditional central vac for a house is working okay for some dust collection for me. I bet it works really good because they're probably rated to have much more uh, right. head loss, you know, like like plumbing pipes are rated for head loss. I bet you that vac is actually stronger than a normal shop vac for that reason. Yeah, I would think so too. Mm -hmm. I would love one because my Labrador spends so much time in the shop. I have sawdust and dog hair on the floor at all times. And I always wanted to set up my dust collector to also have like a little floor collecting spot to just Uh sweep all that stuff into. Right now, I just sweep it in a pile and I suck it up with a shop vac or dust pan into a garbage can. But I just don't want to turn on this big dust collector that, you know, roars to life and wakes the neighbors to sweep up dog hair, but something like that would be awesome Two, I always, I know they exist. Obviously you have one. I always thought one would be real neat and we don't have one because when you have fans, it blows the dog hair to like one side of the room. So you could strategically place an (laughs) in-home, you know, vacuum system like that to just be in the areas where the dog hair blows. And then you open the ports or whatever and, and suck it all in. That would be, might have to do that in the next build. So what do you guys got? So for me, like Bob, I've used the pantyhose before to uh, strain resin and stuff. And obviously with my background, it was heavily surfboard, which is resins and resin cleanup. So uh, we used to use whisks from the kitchen, which are mm-hmm. great for polyester resin. They're not good for epoxy. It just puts way too much air into your, uh, 
you know, it gives you stiff oh. peaks, right? But, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, and then we'd actually use a crab pot as our acetone uh, bucket because it has a lid. So it stops the, cause acetone likes to evaporate very fast. Um, so, and it was big enough that all of our squeegees, all of our tools, the whisk, everything would just sit in clean acetone. Um, cause it keeps your squeegees, um, flexible. So mm-hmm. we would use, so I basically just, I raid the kitchen and take the, uh, whisk and, and the crab pot out. Is that an aluminum pot, that crab pot? What's it made of? Um, no, they're probably steel. It's like the typical crab pot where you see where they're painted, like, you know, like the speckled, you familiar with which ones I'm talking about? Like a lot of people cook turkeys in them. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. But the, the turkey one's a bigger one and then the crab pot's skinnier and taller, which mm-hmm. is why we used it for the, res- for the acetone. Cause it would, you know, it was, e- you didn't have to use as much acetone to fill it up as like a turkey pan. Yeah. In my part of the world, it would be like a big aluminum pot to boil crawfish or something. And uh, that's why I'd ask. And it's just lighter to have a pot that big, but I do know what you're talking about. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's what um, we actually use to cook crabs these days. But back then, because the reason why we were using those is because you can find them at people's yard sales for like a buck. Yeah. I think True. it's a cast iron pot covered in. Um, it's like enamel. Yeah. Enamel. That's exactly it. So, you know, whenever we decided we were going to do this, I took a just quick run through my shop looking for some unusual things. And there's some that I really like and I, they'll never leave because they found a place and now they belong there. One of the first ones was when my wife was cleaning out her bathroom stuff one day or her makeup stuff. She had this pedicure brush and it's shaped like a little foot. It's a wood handle shaped like a foot. and It's got these stiff bristles on it and she was throwing it out. And I was like, well, I'll take that. I'll use it to do something. And for a while, I used it to just dust off my table saw. But I switched to a paintbrush for that. And so then it kind of went into not use area. Well, when I started making stamps, I needed a stiff bristle brush that could get the refuse out of the rubber after it was lasered, but not so, you know, not metal or something where it's going to tear the rubber or deform what I just cut. And so I've got that brush sitting by the sink. I use it every day when I make stamps. It's got a great use now. Um, another one that I have, my my mom maybe had this collection of old silver that maybe my grandma hoarded away. I can't really remember how I got my hands on it, but it's this little silver trophy that was like a beauty pageant prize or something. And it's real silver and it's just this little trophy. And I, that's where I keep all my Sharpies and pencils in that side of the room is I have it on the window ledge and it's a pen holder now. And I, I love it. It's, I don't know, it's a little quirky and it ho- it's the perfect size to hold pins and stuff. So I really like it. It should, should make you feel pretty too. Well, I did look on it. It doesn't say like, you know, like, you know, South Louisiana, 1973. It doesn't say anything like that. But I remember there was a few different ones. Some of the other ones are up in the attic. This one was just the right size for pins. But yeah, it would, I don't know. Yeah. Like I won something. Um, you, you could make it say anything you want it to I say. Got a laser. Right. I think yeah. you're Miss Universe waiting to happen. You know that, right? So. I've got, Best dressed. I've got 20 other ones, unless y'all got something else y'all want to talk about. So one of my other favorite things to use uh, in, in the workshop is the um, tent bungees that have the plastic ball on the end. And then yeah, it's like yeah. a single loop bungee. So I use those to hold all my extension cords. Okay. Um, oh. You wrap it around the extension cord and you can hang the extension cords on a nail. So it just keeps them tidy. And um you can actually do that and then you can stack several of them with a, with an extra bungee. So they're all kind of bundled together. So that's how I carry my um, extension cords around the, around the shop or out into the, you know, on the, the back 40 and stuff. 
I think my other, uh, trying to think of the other ones, a hair dryer. And I think everybody has done this when they needed a heat gun that they couldn't find or they just hadn't picked up yet and use a hair dryer, you know, whether it's for epoxy or, or some kind of glue or something. But um, I mean, I guess it's not exactly perfect, but honest to goodness, it worked just as good as a, as a simple little heat gun when I've needed to use it. Yeah. They were good for epoxy for popping the bubbles. You don't have to have that much heat, you know, a, a, a pretty good hair dryer. will. you know, if you got that bond air, it'll, it'll take it, take care of it for you. <laughs> I've got a, in my bath, the bathroom in the shop, I've got one of those wall racks with just all the plastic tubs on it. And in there, there's a bunch of stuff that's not necessarily shop stuff, popsicle sticks, Q-tips, straws. You know, I use straws all the time to where they like scrape glue out of a corner of a joint or I need to hold mm-hmm. something up or, um, you know, straws come in real handy. Chopsticks. Every time we get Chinese food to go, I take the chopsticks. They're out here. I use those to prop things up or for spacers on my Lego wall. I use, I've glued down chopsticks as like barriers to keep things from sliding or moving. If I want to keep wheels in a certain spot or something, I use a lot of chopsticks for stuff like that. And then, you know, not really outside of the norm, but probably not the design purpose. I've got the poly tub totes. That's where I'll pour my mineral oil in that if I'm going to do boards or something. Um, And that's back here. But I was surprised when I walked around how many little things aren't necessarily wood shop related or, or something in that ilk that I have in the shop. Yeah, especially when you start talking about storage items, like I'll take the old uh, pretzel jars, the plastic mm-hmm. ones, and all. So I save copper, aluminum, and brass. Um, any like cutoff pieces that are. So I've got the foundry. That way, I can eventually I'll be able to use all my scraps and cast them into something cool. So that's mm-hmm. that's one of the thing. I so I steal all the pretzel things after my boys polish. Yeah, I do that too. I've got a pretzel one with uh, belts, and so Kristen will have all this costume jewelry that she'll quit wearing. And I'll take all that, break the pieces up, and I keep them in those plastic containers. And so if I want to make a, something for the dog or I need a decorative item for something I'm making, I can go raid through there and they have a little plastic gems or jewels or metal bands, uh, the little uh, expandable clips that come on their dog tags. I keep all those in there. These are definitely good storage ones. I'm kind of an office supply nerd. So the big binder clips mm-hmm. were great as small clamps because, I mean, they have – you know, they're a couple inches wide and they've got good pressure all the way along. So, so I'm kind of a, I'm a big fan of those for a clamp for a small clamp real quick. And, you know, I'm not going to take the clamp bait and, you know, give those guys a shout out, but you ever see something so simple and it just makes you mad how simple it is. And you, Ethan did a, a leather wrap binder clip and I was like, okay. And then he did it to hold a pen. And I went, oh my God, this is genius. Because that's one thing, like I always have these little notebooks with me and I use binder clips to like hold my last page. And the leather was decorative and made it less abrasive or whatever. But then when he put the second piece of leather to hold a pencil in, I was like, you savant. I mean, I guess when you just dabble in the unnecessary leather world, you stumble across great uses for unnecessary leather. And that's one. I'm probably just going to shamelessly steal it and make one myself and just, I'll give them a shout out for it. Yeah, that's the way to go. All right. Before y'all leave, we did something a little different this week. Austin decided to go on vacation. It wasn't on the calendar. He took an unapproved vacation. We're going to let him slide. And so Christy and I decided we would take this as an opportunity 
to do something that I pitched a while back and Christy was interested in, but we didn't get the full team buy off on. And that was a Mad Lib. And so I wrote up a Mad Lib and earlier today I sent Christy the list of, you know, I need this many nouns, adjectives, adverbs, and Christy's going to read me those words. And then I'm going to plug them into the Mad Lib. And then for any of the podcast listeners, we will post the Mad Lib in our Making Our Way podcast Instagram page. So if you want to try to do it yourself and see what you come up with, it might be a fun little way for us all to participate. So Christy, do you have that uh, list of words ready for me? Yes. Let's hear them. Tree, smelly, glowing, crawling, saw, raisins, 4,328, shit, Marvin, red, flower, caterpillar, jump, throw, stealthily, zip, and fall. All right. And so those were all pretty good. I was actually impressed because I personally get confused on what an adjective and an adverb is sometimes. All right, Christy. So that was a great list. I'm going to go read through my Mad Lib and then you plug in your words and we'll see what we come up with. So today on my workbench, I have a tree that is more smelly than glowing. (laughs) I would love to crawl to the saw, but the raisins all 4,328 of them would prefer I stress. And you've got to be rain man to count raisins like that. All right. I forgot. Marvin asked me to make a red flower for him. Where does the caterpillar jump? As long as I can throw while listening to the Making Our Way podcast, I can still stealthily zip and fall by the deadline. So I hope you don't fall, but I'm glad to hear you getting into pottery. I heard you're doing a little throwing in there. Throwing with a lot of raisins, apparently. So All right. So that was something I just thought would be fun to try out. And I appreciate Christy humoring me with that. And I hope uh, y'all found some humor in, in that too. Those can be fun um, the way some things like the raisins, all 4,328 of them. I like the way that played out. Yeah, we'll post on the Instagram the um, probably mid a few days after this uh, airs. We'll put a list of the nouns and verbs and all that kind of stuff. And then the second picture will be the actual story. So if you want to play along, look at the first the first picture, type in your words, and then um, and then then look at the second picture, and you can read the story from there. So. We'll, we might throw some good ones um, on here the next episode. Yeah, we can read some good ones. That's a good idea, Christy. Um, one other thing I thought would be interesting to talk about, I know Austin's losing a lot of weight and a lot of that has to do with, you know, empty calories. I think he was a Dr. Pepper guy. Um, you know, we're all, yeah. I'm a Diet Coke person. I think we all have a soda issue. And so uh, I thought it'd be, you know, I'd like to hear from y'all, what's your uh, go-to drink in the shop? And and I'll start with you, Christy. I mean, what's your go-to drink when you're working on a project? It could be at, at the office or in the workshop, but what's your go-to beverage? Well, previously it was Dr. Pepper mm-hmm. until uh, May 14th, which a few of the folks uh, here know I had a trip to the emergency room mm-hmm. with some um, irregular heartbeat issues and um, caffeine, Dr. Pepper, sweets. Oh, no. That is, you know, that's why you got to stop. So I've not had a Dr. Pepper or a donut since May 14th. Now, unfortunately, I have not uh, had the significant weight loss that Austin has, but Dr. Pepper was my go-to 
but, um, you know, ending up in the ER will definitely uh, wake somebody up. So previously was Dr. Pepper. Now I'm kind of a LaCroix drinker. Not all of the flavors of LaCroix. Um, Which ones do you like? A, I like the, it's the pineapple strawberry. Okay. And then there was another one that I just had. It's kind of like a cherry limeade one. I'm not normally a, a seltzer water kind of or sparkling water drinker, but that at least gives me a little bit of the bubble, um, gives me a little bit of the fizz, not plain like water, but otherwise water and uh, LaCroix is where I'm going now. Unsweet tea, decaf. So I do like the sparkling waters. And I think what I like about them is you can make them whatever you want, whether it's right. just plain, nasty, sparkling water or you can add some lemon juice and now you've got something, some lime juice if you're feeling fancy. I actually like the little crystal light um, li- liquid uh, flavor deals. And so they've mm-hmm. got a strawberry lemonade and they've got a, it's, it's like a mandarin or something with caffeine. And I, I like those two a lot. And so I usually have some of those by the this refrigerator and I'll get plain soda water and then whatever flavor I'm feeling that's what I'll put in. And then I like it because I can put as much or as little as I, I want. If I want something sweet or if I want something just tinged. Um, I never did get into LaCroix. I always felt they were kind of teasing. Like even though they say yeah. flavor on them, it's either lightly flavored or disgusting. I never found one right. that I could just go back to. Um, HEB has a house brand that will get their lemon or their, they have like a coconut one. And I like both of those. But what I'll get is like a treat when we go to Costco, they have Spindrift as the brand and mm. they're kind of like that next level of fruit juice added to it. And so they can get a little overpowering with the sweet, but it is, it's kind of like a treat deal. So I have a bunch of those in the fridge and I bounce between the barely flavored HEB brand or a Spindrift. Now, HEB also has caffeinated sparkling waters. And I tried all the flavors of those. And when you have faith in a brand that obviously someone tried this to think that cucumber was a good flavor for sparkling water. And it's not, it's really not. And when you take that first sip and you're like, you know what? It was a ginger cucumber. And I'm going, these two things do not go together. This is terrible. So I've, I've been burned a few times. Um, But besides that, there's nothing I really like more than just, I have those big Tervis cups and I fill it Mm -hmm. to the top with ice and then to the top with water. And I put a straw, a metal straw on it. And I come back here and just drink on that. And like I said, if I want a little flavor, I'll add some, but that's kind of been my go-to lately. Yeah. And after the shop, um, when you called it an evening, the LaCroix and some of those sparkling water kind of things, add a little vodka in there or a little fruit juice. They really are pretty good as like a, you know, the start of a, of a nice mixed drink. Cause I'm more of a, I'm more of a fruity mixed drinker than, um, I mean, I do like the watery beer McUltra and, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Um, but, but sometimes it's that, it's that fruity uh, flavored. Yeah. Nice, crisp, uh, refreshing drink. beverage. Oh, yeah. I'm a bottle libation myself. I've uh, unfortunately traveled down the dark path of bourbon, which, uh, yeah, I'm about five years too late to that. I go all in on things. And I think I went from one bottle to 43 bottles in two months. So 
Yeah, my dad, um, I think as a kid, when we grew as when I was growing up as a kid at um, at the house, we didn't have soda very often at all, very seldom. And every once in a while on the on the back porch uh, was an enclosed it was an enclosed porch. So there was a refrigerator out there. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, my dad would have an opened can of soda in the refrigerator. <laughs> and as a little kid, I was like, oh, I'm going to get a drink of this soda. No one's going to even know. Because there were six of us kids. So, you know, if you saw something, you had to take advantage of the moment at the time. So I would take a big old swig of that, what I thought was soda in a can in the back fridge. And it normally had a bit of whiskey in it. And I'm telling you, I think that's why I, I can't drink whiskey. I am not a whiskey drinker at all. I think my dad accidentally ruined me of that as a child. I don't know what would have been worse, a flat soda or a pre-mixed drink in the can back there. <laughs> well, it was, uh, it was quite shocking for probably anywhere from five, six, seven, eight, you know, maybe even a 10 year old, but it was like, I never learned. I would just always try just in case. And if I would have thought a little bit, all I had to do was like smell the top of the can. I could tell, but nope, I was taking the risk. And normally it was a loss. I love it. So, all right. Well, I thought that'd be a, a nice little topic that you and I could get into um, with, you know, Austin being absent and, uh, you know, just share a little bit about ourselves with the people. I know Austin usually talks so much that neither one of us gets a word <laughs> in edgewise. So I thought we would take advantage of his absence to, uh, to sh- share a little bit. All right, Christy. Well, I think that's it. And we'll roll with the outro uh, after this. Have a good night. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a review and subscribe. If you want to reach out to us or you know a maker with a fantastic project that deserves a deep dive, send us a message on Instagram at Making Our Way Podcast. You can find all of our latest individual content on Instagram and YouTube. I'm at Twisted Twine Woodworking. Austin is at High Caliber Craftsman and Dean is at Dean underscore DePlantis. I don't know. I just, some things have done really, really well and some things I'm just like, oh, this I didn't really get the penetration I thought I'd get. Right. Story of life, right? (laughs) (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. Here's the guest. Hey, guys. Good to see you this week. Oh, I jumped in. I'm sorry. Let's do that again. Dean's asleep also. Hey, guys. Good to see you. Jesus Christ, Christy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go. Shut up, Christy. Let me do this. (laughs) 